Radiance Casimir Engine Show podcast, the episode 38, I think. Crikey, catching up with me age, nearly. Hey, it's another special this week's part two. You're listening to the Casimir. That is me. Hasn't that been done to death? Isn't that so 990s? You think so? It's the Casimir engine. It's not KKK. We've got a bit of cows. They're from that there America place. And then we've got part two of my chat with White Peak Distillery and Max. Awesome cows. You can grab a load of details about them on uh, Twitter. Cheers, Polly. Hey, let's have another chat with Max. It's part two. Where have we got to? Yeah, well, we, so we were talking about, um, yeah, where do you get the kit from? You go oh, to yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I didn't know where to start. I'm not from a drinks and spirits background. So, 
you just pick up the phone, you start speaking to people. And um, I also went to see a couple of the distilleries that were had recently been built. So there's there's now been 16 distillery licenses issued in England. Mm-hmm. Not all of those distilleries are up and running yet. But um, in 2014, two in particular were started, one in the Cotswolds, which is where Sean used to work, mm-hmm. and one in the, Lake, in the Lake District called the Lakes Distillery. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to visit both, and in speaking to the, the distillery manager at the Lakes Distillery, he said to me, um, I was asking him about whether he knew any consultants that could help put together all the engineering package. And he said, well, I, there are a lot out there. He said, most of them are applying their trade in Scotland because that's mm-hmm. where the market is. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said, we had um, an element of our distillery fabricated and installed by a firm in Derbyshire called Musk Engineering. No, this is just too... This is- so my eyes lit up. So he said, you want to go and speak to those guys. So Musk Engineering are based in Swaddling Coat. Yeah. The reason they're there principally, certainly from a sort of food and drink perspective, is they've done an enormous amount of work over many years with breweries. Yeah, and Burton, yeah. Yeah, so what they do... The, the, the front part of the process of distilling whiskey is called mashing. Yeah. And it's generally the kit in the air is referred, is referred to as the mash house. So... Musk Engineering had designed and installed the mash house at the Lakes Distillery. So I got put back in touch with them and I thought, well, this is a great starting point because they're only 16 miles down mm. the road. Um, so I went to see them and they've, at the time, they'd installed the mash house at three distilleries, but that's all they'd done is that kind of front end. Mm-hmm. So they, it's almost like they, you know, they built half a car. Mm. Um, what I said to them is, well, can you build a whole car? So what we ended up with, um, over a period of time, but what we ended up with is, a, is me um, contracting them to design, engineer, and install a whole distillery, mm-hmm. um, which was great for me because it meant that I had these competent engineers and you know, they, were, they were absolutely brilliant. And I could see from day one when I met them and understood the kind of work they'd done um, that we were we're in that nice position where I wasn't so small as a potential client that I would get put to the bottom of the intray all the time. Um, but equally, they were big enough to demonstrate to me that they got the credibility and the know-how and the resources to take on my project, which you know obviously was uh, something I didn't want to make a mistake with that decision. So, so we used Musk Engineering, um, and yeah, they they did the whole package. And from their point of view, it was, I suspect it was also... And this is the first time that they've built the whole... Yeah, and that's, I think that's one of the other reasons... They've been on YouTube then. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons why, for them as well, this was a, you know, hopefully a really interesting project mm. because it was only just up the road mm. and it enabled them to kind of wrap their arms around a whole distillery install, yeah. which you know, hopefully is something they can leverage for the future as well in terms of the business. And is the... Is the it, I suppose there's more technology now, but is it in in essence, is it a distillery from the 1800s, 1700s? I suppose it goes back further than that, I suppose. Is the, is the, the science behind it exactly the same? And is the kit, does it look the same? Or have they 
thought, oh no, we need to improve that. I mean, you should start, for example, start off with a biplane. I don't know why I've got my arms out, like, <laughs> but you start off with a biplane and then you end up with Concorde. Mm. Is, it, is, is there an evolution of the... A lot of the, a lot of the sort of um, the process and the technology and the equipment is pretty tried and tested. Yeah. But there are always tweaks that you can do to anything. So all the equipment we've got in there, in, in isolation, if you looked at any one thing, you would probably be say, well, I've, I've seen something that looks very similar to that yeah. in another distillery. Yeah. Um, but the, the way we've combined things is unique. So the install itself is very bespoke. Um, but also some of the equipment um, is unique to us as well. It's got slight twists on it. So for example, our stills, our copper stills, um, were made by coppersmiths in Scotland, mm-hmm. the traditional coppersmiths. And I could have gone to China and got them really cheap. Yeah. I could have maybe gone to Italy, I wanted to go to a traditional coppersmiths in Scotland. Yeah. Carbon footprint, all yeah, that kind exactly. of thing. Yeah. Um, and also just in terms of quality, you know, these guys um, have got a track record of making stills that goes back longer than I've been alive.
So we had our copper stills made in Scotland, but they were made to a design that Sean and I made. So, oh, wow. So our copper stills to a casual observer, they'll say, oh yeah, I've seen copper stills before at 20 other distilleries. You won't have seen our stills before because they are unique in terms of the combination of the size, their shape, various different angles that are within them. So the engineering degree paid off. Absolutely, didn't yeah. It, eh? and, that's, but, and that's one of the things that influences the style of whiskey we're making is the shape of the still. Okay. And I can bore you with science on that, but it just... It is one of the things that contributes to the to the to the flavour. So, um, yeah. So we use a local engineering firm. The other beauty about using Musk, which I absolutely love, is that not only are the engineering firm in terms of managing an engineering project, they've also got an enormous fabrication plant. So all of our stainless steel vessels mm-hmm. in there are made in Derbyshire. Brilliant. Uh, Good for the story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know, Derbyshire's. And, and where we are here, uh, down at the Wireworks, is, is really the foundation of the whole business. So um, having all of this equipment made locally was just you know, a nice addition to all of that. Um, and, and getting back to why Sean joined me so early is because in those early days when I was sat around the table with the engineers, there was me, there was the engineers, but there was also Sean, yeah. who had worked as a distiller. And between those three parties, we were able to come up with a design that in principle was going to be flawless mm-hmm. because it got the right combination of minds on it and actually we've had some really small teething problems but generally the commission of distillery went really smoothly mm-hmm. um, and it, it, modern technology gives you know, benefits that we had with our distillery that you wouldn't have had 50 years ago so yeah. for example Musk Engineering they put together a detailed plan of the distillery of all the pipework. There's hundreds of metres of stainless steel pipework in there. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest costs and the biggest yeah. time is putting all that in. Mm-hmm. The big vessels look very impressive, but they're positioned in a single day. Mm-hmm. The pipework to connect it all together took six months. Yeah. Um, six months? Yeah. But what, what Musk had to do is do a very detailed computer-aided design drawing of all the pipework mm-hmm. so when the fabrication guys come on site they know exactly where this pipe was yeah. going and they're not going to get pipe clashes in exactly mm-hmm. the wrong place so because they basically digitalized the distillery they've now got software where you can get down to their workshop you can put on virtual reality headsets which Sean and I did and then you have a little mouse in your hand and you can basically walk around the distillery in digital form. It's amazing. In it? three dimensions. So we, we literally, Sean and I were there together and Sean was able to say, guys, that works from an engineering point of view, but I can yeah. tell you that's going to be a pain in the backside for me to be walking past in that position yeah. every day for the next decade. Can we move over there? Yeah. So we had, you know, so that was one of the benefits of getting Sean on board early. He wasn't distilling for a year or yeah. so, but the contribution he was able to make to that process for me, yeah. you know, added a lot of value. Shame from 
the outside I did nothing I stand here guilty as fuck You should have scratched away the surface To get to better luck Fascination for a place you've never been. It's a stranglehold temptation that's weighing down your dreams. If you taught me how to fly, I don't think that this would help. There's only one thing for this, and it's too hard to sell. the uh, the style because it, it's like um, it's a bit like um, a steampunk um, Frankenstein's um, lab yeah 
It's a nice one. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. No, yeah, it's, no. it's not blood or no, anything. No, no, no. I mean, I, I, it's I, got that. It's, it's very beautiful. Yeah. It is well, very beautiful. Well, I'll, I'll take it as a compliment, but on behalf of my wife, Claire. So, Claire works full-time in the business with me. Yeah. Uh, she's not here today, but she was, well, still is, an interior designer. So, the space that we're currently sat in yeah. is her design. Ah, right. Obviously, what we try to do is celebrate the fact that we're in a hundred-year-old building that was designed for light engineering. Yeah. And yeah. we've kept that look. Yeah. Um, and actually, we've tried to reuse um, and keep as many of the features of the old... Well, stuff here yeah. when you... When you well, it's like these steels that we're looking at Yeah. Here. Yeah. Back in the day, they would have carried enormous weight. There's yeah. no other reason for those steels to be there. Yeah. Now, all they're carrying is our wooden ceiling yeah. with a whole load of insulation above it. Yeah. But we deliberately kept all those yeah. exposed beams. Yeah. It would have been a lot easier, actually, to put in a suspended ceiling in here. Yeah. And put all the lighting. But you've in. got all the... I mean, it is... It, I mean, the lights are beautiful. Yeah. Well, the lights... So this is, you know, the kind of thing you can get, I guess, in the modern world is... Yeah. Light bulbs that don't need dressing up anymore because yeah. they are a feature themselves. Yeah. And then you've got the barrel lights in the shop. Yeah, so those were made for us by a local firm called Upcycle Creative. Um, again, we try to work with you know as many local people and suppliers yeah. as we can. So that those barrel lights are Claire's design. Yeah. And those are three of the barrels that we bought initially to put whiskey in, and we decided to make lights out of them. Yeah. Um, but Claire took the design to um, to Upcycle Creative. Um, and they said, yeah, we can do that. So they, they've made those barrel lights. Well, I'm a landslide, I'm waiting to fall. When I was younger, I built a wall. Life starts out simple, I slept safe and sound. Till I woke one morning, and my wall fall down. Got a little older, I needed a home So I formed foundations from the rubble and the stone I made these walls stronger, as strong as I could And I woke each morning to see that my home still stood
So if you're local, and we've got local listeners, and we've got people in Germany, Australia, we've got them all over all over the world because it's the internet. Yeah. Um, if they want to buy anything, or if they'd like to visit, where where can where can they get in touch with you? Can they buy online? Yeah. So we're good question. So we're just updating our website as we speak. Yeah. So by the middle of March this year our new website will be live and on that website we're going to have the ability for people to buy certainly gin and some of our other merchandise um, the ability for people to book onto our tasting tours yep um, so and when, when do the tasting tours run yeah so the tasting tours we do them every week yeah they're uh, on a Thursday at 3 they're on a Friday we do two on a Friday at 11 and 3 and then we do them on a Saturday morning at 11. The, the Thursday and Friday ones are, understandably for a lot of people, middle of the working week, but it's also when the distillery is operational. Yeah. So the, tours, the, the tour doesn't have to be done when, whilst the distillery is operational, but it's more interesting whilst mm-hmm. the distillery is operational. So that's the reason why we do the midweek tours, yeah. because that's when the stills are running. Um, from the beginning of March, we're also going to be operating on a Saturday, so we're increasing the rate at which we're making whiskey. So in two weeks' time, um, the distillers are going to be here on Saturday making whiskey. So Saturday's tour um, will also be available whilst we're distilling. Okay. okay. So yeah, so every every week of the year, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, hopefully that will grow over time. Yeah. And currently, those slots you have to email us to book. Yeah. And it's. It's a little bit fiddly, but it's worked okay just to get us up and running. Okay. Um, but by middle of March, you'll be able to book online. Okay. And there's Facebook? There's Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Yeah. Um, and we just search for? Just search for White Peak Distillery. Yeah. Um, on all of those channels. I think uh, Twitter is at White Peak Whiskey. Yeah. But 
White Peach Distillery, you'll find our website and all that social that's media. That's what it's all about. Yeah. It's incredible yeah. that that side of it is just so powerful for you now. Yeah, that's right. And if people are are interested in what we're doing, we don't yet do a regular newsletter, but we've got a mailing list. So yeah. on our even on our current website, there's a sign-up page. Yeah. Um, and we've got a lot of people that have signed up and we just let people know when there's interesting events happening or uh, something that we're about to achieve down the distillery. Yeah. So we just keep our sort of uh, email community sort of updated on things that are happening. Have you won awards for Shining Cliff Gin? Or yeah, we have. You, have you went to awards? Yeah, we, we have won awards. So, um, I keep on, I keep on um, tweeting to the British Podcast Awards. Right. Every single tweet that goes out at... British, just in case I can win a podcast <laughs> award, which is very, very doubtful. It's very, very doubtful. But so we've won awards. We've won awards. So close to home, uh, we won uh, the Derbyshire Food and Drink Award for 2018 from Derbyshire Life. Fantastic. So that award is... Um, and that was for Shining Cliff that Gin. That was for Shining Cliff Gin. And it's yeah. for that, our floral style gin with the yeah. blue label, which is the one in front of us. Just coming back to is there something in there from around here yeah there is so for example local mayflower so mayflower is the flower you get on hawthorn oh right okay generally the flowers you see on hawthorn are white yeah but there are some that are pink and it's the pink mayflower that we forage in season so for sake of argument end of july and we try and pick enough so we can freeze dry a bulk amount and then use it for the whole of the year. Yeah. So local Mayflower yeah. is um, is one of the things that's unique about our gin. There are actually 13 botanicals in here, um, okay. obviously including juniper. Yeah. So you have to use juniper for it to be a gin? Yeah, you do. So if it hasn't got juniper in, then it isn't gin. Yeah. It's probably into like a flavoured vodka category. Okay. Um, yeah, because it because it, the base product is either go one way vodka, one way gin. Pretty, yeah, pretty yeah. In layman's yeah. term, I mean, a lot of people think of gin as being vodka that's been flavoured with juniper, mm-hmm. and there's you know there's some truth in that. It's not quite correct because we don't we don't very few people go and buy vodka and make gin with it. You just buy you know a raw ethanol project. I've got to tell you this though, we we went to a marina going out towards Burton on Trent. Oh yeah, yeah. And there was a guy who got a long boat and it was the brew boat, I think it was called right. the brew boat. And this guy said he was selling plastic pouches and it was it got whiskey written on it and it was get a bottle of vodka from a cheap a cheap store, right. cheap, cheap supermarket. And this in and he says you'll never know the difference. Oh really? We never tried it. It did no. go out of date before, but we did buy it. Right. But we were on a boat and I thought it might <laughs> throw me in if I didn't. But, um, yeah. yeah. There's some things you can't shortcut in. You life, really are. I think that's one of, them. one of them's whiskey, yeah. Yeah.
Um, but you do you do shy clip. Have you got any other? Are there other gins that you? Yeah, so we do. So we do four different styles. So this yeah. is our floral style, which is what we got that award from Derbyshire yeah. Life for. Uh, we do a citrus style. So the the citrus gin has got ten botanicals, but five of the ten are citrus. So it's got um, lemon peel, orange peel, lime tree leaves, something called lemon verbena and lemon yeah, thyme. Lemon verbena, yeah. So five of the ten are citrus botanicals. So that has more of a citrus note. Okay. We also do a spice gin. It's got cardamom, marjoram, meadow sweet and fresh grapefruit in it and then finally you can see over there we've got a gin that looks pink yeah and that's called our bakewell pud gin bakewell pud yeah so there's a there's a there's a gin drinker out there that likes a slightly sweeter and let's say you know flavored gin um that is still a, a, a it's still a gin so it's not a liqueur mm-hmm. um, the, the, all the taste comes from that uh, distillation process it's still 45% like all our other gins but that, so that's got English cherry uh, almond yeah. strawberry and raspberry so those are the so it's not really a ba- it's got it, it's got flavours in it that would yeah You'd, you'd think it was a bakewell. Yeah, so it's, it's not like drinking bakewell top. It's not got distilled Mr. Kipling's in it or no, anything no, no, like that. No, but it's got, got the flavour. It, yeah, it's, it's got, it's a sort of, an, it's an homage to the bakewell yeah. pud. Yeah. Bakewell's 30 miles up the road from us. Yeah. Uh, so we decided if, if we are going to do a sort of more of a flavoured yeah. gin or a sweeter gin, um, let, let's let's do something that's still got roots in yeah. Derbyshire. So we went with. The, you haven't done chips from Matlock Bath yet. <laughs> so you need a chip gin. Yeah, that's there, right. Yeah. So heavy, salt heavy on the salt vinegar. <laughs> um, the one thing that I, I, I wanted to ask you because I like I like gin. Um, um, I don't. Strange enough, I don't drink a lot right. of, of anything. But but I, I, I do like gin. Um, it was the flavour pairings. Everybody's talking about flavour pairings with certain stouts, yeah, a bit of chocolate right. or something like that. I've never found anything to have with gin because it's got that, it's got a flavour to it that is botanical, yeah. herby, and if you have something sweet, it doesn't seem to be right. If you have something cheese or crisps or whatever, it just doesn't, I've never found something. So... On the spot, what do I, what, if I'm just having a, not a standard gin, but I'm having Shining Cliff with a straight tonic or a, a kind of a flavoured tonic? No, well, we, we just tend to recommend that you use a decent quality premium Indian tonic. Yeah. If you like tonic, some people don't like tonic, and then I, I guess you've had to discover what other mixer you know, you're going to have with your gin. But yeah, so we just recommend a decent quality standard. Yeah. And that... It allows, and it can be the, the light or the low calorie version, you know, if you, if yeah. you prefer that kind of thing. And that just allows our gin to come to the fore. The other thing that's important, for us at least as a producer, is that you don't drown it out with tonic. So if you look at, I don't know, Fever Tree's branding, yeah. they, their branding is, one of the things they include is, if three quarters of your gin and tonic is tonic, then make sure it's a good tonic. So what they're suggesting there is that you should have three parts tonic to one part gin. They're selling tonic. They're selling tonic. Yeah. Um, what we do in our tastings is we have it closer to two to one. Okay. On the downside, that doesn't make for a very long drink, but it does mean that you get the full flavour of the gin. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I would I would always say to people, look, you know, take the bottle of 
tonic that the barman gives you and put your own measure in. Because if you take a bottle of tonic, there's 200 millilitres of tonic there, and you put it in with a single gin, you're going to have eight parts tonic yeah. to one part gin. And that's before you add half a bucket of ice, which yeah. tends to... So yeah. you, you can end up with something which is nice and long and cold and refreshing, but you're barely going to tell the difference from one gin to another if you've so added... two to one... Two to one. If you're if you're really interested in tasting in the flavour, yeah, yeah. And... If I was make, if I'm making it at home and I just want to <coughs> drink a gin and tonic, then I yeah. might go up to three to one. Yeah. But I I generally wouldn't go above that. Yeah. But that's because obviously I'm I'm in the pro, I mean, I'm in the business of making gin, so yeah. I I don't want to taste loads of tonic. Um, and then, yeah. and so it's it's got cardamom. So that's so I know our spice gin has got uh, cardamom and oh, margarine. The floral gin has got thirteen botanicals. It's yeah. got woodland berries. Yeah. So we wanted something that reflected where we are in Shining Cliff Woods. Yeah. So it's got elderberry, bilberry, rosehip. Okay. It's got the local Mayflower that we've spoken yeah. about. It's got uh, angelica root, which is kind of earthy and woody. Yeah. It's got licorice root, which again has got earthy woodiness to it, but also a bit of licorice. It's got bay leaf. It's got English coriander. So what do I eat with that? Well, I'm going to sidestep that. By, we are working with um, a local restaurant to try and come up with some food pairings. So oh, okay. Rather than lift the lid on it now. Stick we'll it save, out there, Ron. We'll, we'll, we'll save that for the future. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you, I've never come across any particular good recommendations about pairings. With whiskey... Chocolate, yeah, dark chocolate works. It's fantastic, yeah, yeah. but I, again, it's a sweet thing. Yeah, whiskey. I would never imagine you can't have crisps or anything acidic. I don't think it has to be something smooth and and chocolate just hits it bang on the. Yeah, chocolate does work. Yeah, um, you know, there's we actually work with a local chocolatier in Belper. Yeah, so we've got three chocolates that uh, or three styles of chocolate that have been made with our spirits oh, okay so we've got a white chocolate made with this gin yeah we've got a dark chocolate that's using our new make whiskey spirit so unaged spirits but we supply little amounts to the chocolatier and the great thing about uh, unaged spirit is it's it's got a lot of sort of strength of character and when dark chocolate's quite strong in itself so th- there's a danger that you can add alcohol to dark chocolate and you can hardly taste the alcohol yeah. because the, the dark chocolate's so dominant yeah. whereas new mate whiskey spirit works really well so we've oh, got okay. some dark chocolates with our new mate they're lovely
we're planning a run. I'm just dropping this into the conversation, but I'm planning. A, we're planning a run for 2019. So, and we've already done some test batches. So we've got a milk chocolate that's available with our rum in it. So you can't. Oh, I thought you said run for a minute. I nearly fainted thinking he's going to ask me to do a 10k or something. (laughs) (laughs) You have to be careful with words like that with me. Exercise and stuff. So a run. Yeah, so we've got a run in the pipeline. And although you can't buy it from us at the moment and you won't be able to for many months, you can buy some chocolates with our rum in it. Fabulous. So, um, yeah, so, so there's a pair in the works. Just really quickly, is rum as quick as gin to kind of produce? And is, uh, is it that no, so time? rum's much similar to whiskey. Oh, right, okay. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be... Well, the, if you've ever had a dark rum, yeah. the reason it's dark, unless people have added artificial colourings, which is frowned upon, but it does happen, the reason it, that, that darkness comes from the cask. So the difference between a white rum, like Bacardi, yeah. and a dark rum is the time it's spent in cask. Okay. So rum is, is also a spirit that gets aged in cask. Yeah. Um, and you get, you get different grades. So you get white rum is unaged, so that's straight from the still. Um, then you get an amber rum, which might have been aged for two years. Yeah. And then a dark rum could be five, yeah. six, seven years. Okay. So rum is quite similar to whiskey in that regard. We are going to make the base alcohol with a form of sugar cane yeah go through a fermentation process as we do with the whiskey and then age it fantastic um, but we are hoping that we're going to do a, a kind of a bit of a variety a bit of a crossover between gin and rum so use one or two botanicals in the rum so that we have a white rum that doesn't have to be aged that still tastes like you'd want to drink it you know on its own not fantastic. drowned out with coke you need to tell me. Oh, I'll post out, but you've got the Temperance Club as yeah, well. Yeah, we have. Is, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll post that out, and um, but that's a club that you can join for whiskies of the future. Yeah, it's basically uh, we've got two memberships. I'll tell you about the, the primary. The primary one's a ten-year membership. Yeah, um, and you basically join today, um, and you then get a. We're going to do some limited edition bottlings only for Temperance Club members. Yeah. The first bottling will be this September. So what you're going to get this September is a bottle of 12-month aged single malt spirit. We can't mm-hmm. call it whiskey because yeah. it's not old enough yet. Yeah. 2020, you'll get one that's two-year aged. 2021, you'll get our first three-year malt. Okay. And then you get a bottle every year through to our 10-year malt. So you're going to get 10 bottlings. We do a membership card, which gives you 5% discount yeah. online or at the shop for anything that we ever sell for 10 years. Yeah. Uh, you get a little certificate that um, I sign that says you're a Temperance Club member. Fantastic. And then you also get your name engraved on a brick on the wall in our still house. Okay. So we've got a wall that's going up there. So we yeah. had 16 bricks arrive yesterday that I've got to put up tomorrow. Um, and it's a YouTube bricklayer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, we, luckily we had a we had a tiler come and do the bottom rows for me. Fantastic. So now when you're building yeah, on top, it's dead right. easy. It'll yeah, the up. foundation's there. It'll be easy. I remember yeah. that. <laughs> but yeah, so we've got this wall, so it's it's going to be a, a, a permanent memorial yeah. to people that yeah. supported us early on. Uh, and once it's full, it's full, and we'll yeah. kind of cut the membership off at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this is all available on the website, all available through, through Facebook. It is, yeah, it is. Exactly yeah. right. Fantastic. Thank you very much indeed. No, thank you. Really, really appreciate your interest.
thanks for uh, Max and the team down at White Peak Distillery. Derbyshire's only uh, distillery. You can contact them on whitepeakdistillery.co.uk. You can contact me on at Casimir Podcast on Twitter. The Casimir Engine. Reliably mediocre.